Looks like some kind of insect. A bee. Bees, Scotty. Killer bees. Are you endowing these bees with human motives? Do you have any idea what those bees can do? The honeybee is vital to the environment. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! This is not a Wu-Tang podcast. No, this is a podcast where we profile B-movie and genre film icons. Uh, we can be found... Wow, that was a big, big old pause for me. Felt real dumb about that midway through. <laughs> um, we can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at gmail.com and on moviejohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. Our artwork is by Alex Schneider. Her music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. And today we are talking about Catherine Isabel. Yeah. Who uh, you and I are kind of big fans of, I think, from Hannibal, right? That's our big Uh, Yes. I mean, I uh, also uh, had seen and loved her in Ginger Snaps. Okay, uh, yes. But... Uh, yeah, we're actually, I feel like we don't usually talk about TV stuff, but I plan on talking about Hannibal because talk this about is Hannibal. finally my moment to talk about Hannibal. Yes, uh, sounds good. So I can't wait to talk about it. It's so good. Sounds good. Um, is there s- stuff we should catch up with uh, movie-wise here before um, we dive in? I mean, there's some stuff that we've watched lately. Uh, one of them, um, by the time this is up, uh, I'll have a review for it on Movie John. Um, but we watched I'm Your Man, which is a, yeah. a new Dan Stevens movie. It's yes. a German film uh, where he, uh, well, the the lead, her name is Alma. It's this woman that signs up for this, like, uh, like dry run kind of thing for this like new product it's more like she gets it like assigned to her it seems well, like right? she's doing it for uh, money for her like research right, uh, right. so she, her like research team needs more funds so she signs up for this thing to like get the funding and it's essentially that she is going to be paired with a robot that is meant to be her soulmate like uh, for like three weeks or whatever tailored to her yeah so it's like this robot that's perfectly tailored to her yeah. and uh, it he is played by Dan Stevens. Uh-huh. Uh, and so she's like very much not into this. She's like, fuck it. I like being alone. Like, I don't want to fall for this fucking robot. And then. Which is remarkable because, as Tori has mentioned, the robot is played by Dan Stevens. Yeah, who, like, I don't care what variation of yeah. Dan Stevens is. Yeah. Like, give me robot Dan Stevens any fucking day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, and then it's just so it's like this weird like combination of sci-fi and romance and comedy and like also really beautiful like moving kind of sad moments too. Yeah. Uh, like I think I got kind of teared up at a couple different moments, but like yeah, it uh, it's just so good. Like it reminded me a lot of like um, like her in some ways, uh, but from like more of a, a female lens because uh, it's yeah. also female directors and writers and. Uh, I th- I just really liked that. Uh, yeah, there's just like so much cute like love in this movie that really works for me. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Yeah, it uh, was really good. And 
I think it being a German film, it had a very unique comedy tone mm-hmm. that was like somewhat unfamiliar to me. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that aspect of the movie. Yeah, it's super funny and I but, but like funny had, in a different way. It's kind of dry, but it's not dry the way British humor is dry. I don't really know how to describe it. Well, it's like, almost like dour. Or I something. actually wrote I was writing the review today and there were times where it felt like slapstick comedy, sure. dry comedy, and then just like very weird, like awkward yeah, comedy yeah. moments. And it, I, you know, I, I've watched like German stuff here and there and I, and my parents, uh, like lived in Germany. That's right. where I was born. And so they often talk about like the weird sense of humor that Germans have. Mm. And I feel like I kind of got that in this, but mm-hmm. like it's humor that really works for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed uh, it. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this is just a great film and you should definitely, uh, check it out as it's making its way to the United States. Totally agree. Um, and this is one I was looking forward to for a while, so I was like very excited yeah, that uh, you got too. your hands on it. Um, I- I've been able to like sneak quite a few things in, but honestly, the thing that I want to talk about the most is I watched Dick Tracy, the um, uh, you know, it's like from 1990, I believe. Mm. Uh, are you like familiar with this movie at all? Uh, yes. So it's like directed by Warren Beatty, mm-hmm. uh, starring Warren Beatty as as Dick Tracy, yeah. but like Madonna is in it. Um, uh, uh, the cast is crazy. Mm. Dustin Hoffman is in it, never says a real line of dialogue. He plays a character named Mumbles, and he just mumbles. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, James Caan is in it. He has two lines of dialogue and gets blown up in a car. Uh, like, th- the cast is crazy stacked mm-hmm. for, like, no reason. Like, most people are there to do nothing. It's so weird. Kathy Bates is in the movie. She's just, like, at a typewriter for one scene mm-hmm. and says, like, one line. Yeah. It's wild. Catherine O'Hara is apparently in the movie, and I never saw her. Strange. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's, like... But it's gorgeous. It is one of the most beautiful movies I've watched in a while. Mm. It is the production design is out of control. It's so meticulously designed with these really mm-hmm. bright, solid colors. It's doing the like old four color comic book page sort of like on the screen. And it looks awesome. Mm. The plot makes no sense. I don't even know if there was a script. It like barely functions as a story. Yeah. There's like a hundred threads at, at all times, and they just kind of montage through all of them. But it was so stunning to look at. That I like didn't care. Like I, I want to find a 4K of this so that we can watch it on our big TV because I just was like mesmerized by it. Mm. So it's like not a great movie, but kind of an amazing movie. Like just a really remarkable. I can't mm-hmm. believe it like got made. You know? Yeah. Um. So yeah, Dick Tracy. If people can get their hands on it, it's worth watching. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I've still mostly just been watching anime, which will end, uh, I think, for a lot of October, mostly because we watch a lot of spooky things in October, but also because I will be covering both the Salem Horror Fest and the Nightstream uh, Film Fest. Oh, right, yes. So I will be watching lots of movies, mostly horror, uh, so I will talk about those, but uh, that also means that me binge-watching anime will end soon, so that will uh, be (laughs) sad for me. We've got to make our way (laughs) through the rest of Attack on Titan. We're almost there. Which is still so good. Uh, But yeah, uh, I've been watching a lot of really good uh, anime things, which has been fun. Um, And then uh, very quickly, uh, we also watched uh, Slacks uh, on uh, Shudder, which uh, I will also be writing about for Movie John. Um, But it is about a pair of killer jeans, essentially. which it's like full blown B movie. It's like a Canadian film too, and I really like Canadian horror. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like full blown B movie. Lots of weird, gross deaths and just like fun uh, gore. But then also somehow manages to have a really good social message about yeah. uh, fast fashion and uh, the problems with like 
you know, corporate hierarchies and uh, consumerism. And so, like, there's all this, like, other stuff going on that's, like, really good on top of it just being, like, a really fun B-movie. Anti-capitalist, the best kind of movie in this household. Always. Yes. Uh, and that's uh, that's been on Shutter for a little bit now, so uh, you definitely should definitely check it. that out. Yeah. yeah, we had a lot of fun watching that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, would make a good double feature with, um, what's the one about the jacket? Uh, oh, yeah, Deer's- I was thinking about that movie. Yeah, yeah it's such a weird one. Yeah. Um. So let's uh yeah let's talk about Catherine Isabel. Uh, so Catherine Isabel has 122 acting credits according to IMDb. Um, I have a, a little bit of a longer quote, but I thought this was like fun just as far as like the kind of roles she picks. Um, so she says. I think everyone would like to be allowed to express a little bit of a a naughtier side of them in an environment that's supportive, creative, and non-judgmental. It makes for slightly more normal human beings if you get to release that every once in a while than if you're always keeping it repressed and trying to hide it. I enjoy it. And then I can go about my daily life and can be pleasant and gracious and loving everybody. Okay, yeah, that is uh, interesting. I was like, oh, that's fun, because she, yeah, she plays some pretty wild characters, and I also, on top of the movies we watched, uh, watched some clips from some stuff today that okay. I'm very excited to talk about as well. All right, that sounds good. Um, yeah, that is a very fitting quote for, you know, I don't know, I, I think like a lot of what she ends up doing in her career. Yes, uh, I agree. Um, so Catherine Isabel was born November 2nd, 1981 in Vancouver, Canada. Um, her father was Graham Murray, who was an art director and production designer um, and had won two Emmys for his special effects working on The X-Files, which Hell is yeah. one of my favorite shows um and her male her mother was gail murray a vancouver writer and producer um so she came kind of from some some movie fa- people she's canadian royalty that's true this makes sense why so many of the movies we watched of hers seemed like canadian productions yeah yeah um it's interesting i feel like there wasn't much of like bio stuff for her that i found okay. that just kind of talked about like school life getting into acting although i feel like getting into acting it's like she had folks that were in the biz but uh i feel like maybe with some of these newer folks we have there's like less of that like uh information which is interesting um but one of the things i thought was interesting because she does so many interesting occasionally promiscuous characters um one thing about her is that she refuses to do nude scenes okay um and has had a body double for every instance where such a scene has existed um including scenes in freddy versus jason um ginger snaps back uh the beginning um in 2004 and uh, a scene in engaged to kill uh so she and she uses the same uh body double for two of those okay um which i think is interesting and yeah. uh, actually there's a little bit of uh kind of i think not great trivia with freddie versus jason with that which uh makes sense to me considering how problematic some of freddie versus yeah, jason movie's is got some aggressively shitty stuff in yeah it. Um, so Catherine started, uh, acting in the eighties. So she was like a child actor. Um, she did TV shows like MacGyver. Um, and then in her first movie role was 1989, a film called Cousins, which was directed by Joel Schumacher with Ted Danson and Isabella Rossellini. Great cast. Great director. Yeah. Definitely interested. Um, she also did a movie called Cold Front with Martin Sheen, Beverly D'Angelo, and Michael Antkeen, oh, yeah. who we know from Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. 
Uh, and it's about an American cop teams up with a Royal Canadian Mountain policeman, and together they uncover a plot to hide international terrorists in Vancouver. Cops versus Mounties. Uh, but I also, I love Martin Sheen, so I'm like, yeah, yeah very into this. Well, this is like right away starting a career with some big names. You yeah. Know, those first two movies, it's like some big cast members. Well, and like considering the way her career goes, it's so interesting to think of her as a child actor, sure, too. Yeah. Um, she was in The Last Winter uh, with her brother, Joshua Murray, because okay. he was an actor as well, um, is w- and then did a movie called Immediate Family, which was a drama with Glenn Close and James Woods. Wow, what a combination. I, yeah, right? <laughs> Strange. Um, and then she did uh, a movie called Magic Hour, which was a TV movie. Okay. Um, and then uh, we get to her roles in the 90s. Oh, one thing I forgot I wanted to watch. She's in an episode of Goosebumps. Oh, sure. Uh, okay. Which I totally would have watched because I think those are still on Netflix. At least oh, they, they used to be. Okay. Because um, I was too scared to watch Goosebumps when I was actually a kid. And so I rewatched them all like a few years back. And they're so campy and goofy, but like so fun to watch. And there's tons of actors like this in episodes Heck of yeah. Goosebumps. Like uh, Ryan Gosling was in an episode of Goosebumps. I would enjoy watching that because I read like most of those books when I was a kid. I was too scared to read the books. I read a ton of those. Yeah. I I got at a birthday party, uh, one of the like goodie bags had trading cards that were goosebump trading cards, and I was too scared to look at the images. Like I had nightmares from <laughs> the pictures on them. <laughs> um, but some other stuff she did, uh, she was did an episode of the Ray Bradbury Theater, which uh, oh. I had actually seen a couple episodes of. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know that, like, very similar to, like, you know, the Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Twilight yeah. Zone, all this stuff, like, Ray Bra- they just did Ray Bradbury uh, stories, uh, which was really cool. Um, and she's also in an episode of The X-Files, which makes sense, because her dad. she got that job. Um, yeah, and I actually remember the episode she's in. It's called... Uh, Schizogeny. Jenny. Uh, and it's like this like weird, uh, there's like all of the deaths that kind of involve like someone, we think that like controls trees and stuff. Okay. Uh, it's like really weird. That sounds cool. Uh, but yeah, that's one that I remember pretty well. Um, so for TV, she did stuff like uh, in 1990, she did a movie called Burning Bridges, which was a TV movie. And then in 1991, did Yes, Virginia, There is Santa Claus with Ed Asner and Charles Bronson. What? Weird ass cast. That's a movie? Yeah, apparently. Oh, my God. Bronson's career is so much weirder than I thought. Very strange. Um Let's see. Uh, she then does in 1992 a movie called Night Moves with a K. Uh, right, with, as in like chess, Night Moves. Yes, uh, with Christopher Lambert, uh, Diane Lane, and Tom Skerritt. This is one <laughs> okay. I actually would love to find because um, it sounds like such a weird uh, plot, but yeah. it's about. Uh, when a number of women are violently murdered in the middle of a big chess tournament, chess star and grandmaster Peter is named the primary suspect since his girlfriend is among the victims. But Peter then receives a taunting call from the killer, daring him to solve the deadly game. <laughs> okay, this sounds great. Right? We have to find this movie. Moves. Um, And I don't think she has like a big role in it, but I, I did consider trying to find this for, for this particular yeah. episode. Um, in 1996, she does a family movie called Saltwater Walter Moose, uh, starring <laughs> Timothy Dalton. Okay. 
Uh, and then a TV movie called The Prisoner of Zenda Inc. starring William Shatner. Um, after the owner of Zenda Inc. dies, his 14-year-old son, Rudy, inherits the company. And then his uncle tries to kidnap him. Uh, but... <laughs> kidnap him but oliver gillis who looks exactly like rudy is hired to take his place for a few days so it sounds like a weird like doppelganger kid movie uh like the prince and the pauper very weird uh in 1997 she did a tv movie called married to a stranger okay i feel like i know exactly what that movie's about yeah what if you were married to a stranger And then in 1998, she does a TV movie called Voyage of Terror, starring Martin Sheen and Michael Ironside. Working with that Sheen again. And eventually she works with Ironside again as well. Yeah. Um, An infectious disease researcher is on a cruise with his daughter when an Ebola-type virus attacks the ship's passengers (laughs) and crew. Gross. Very strange. Um, And then she does a Disturbing Behavior starring James Marsden and Katie Holmes, which I'm pretty sure I had watched when I was a kid, but we watched uh, together. I had never seen this movie before. I don't know that I ever would have watched it were it not for this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to recommend that people watch Disturbing Behavior because it's fucking great. It's a weird movie. Like, I I always get this confused with uh, The Faculty because it's very similar of just these, like, people kind of getting taken over by something and it changes their behavior and oftentimes makes them look hotter and, like, all this stuff. But then it's obvious that there's something more, like, sinister going on. But it's, like, it's so weird because it's, like, a small town basically being taken taken over by teenagers yeah they're trying to like make the teenagers be good kids so they are like uh you find out eventually that they're like implanting things in their brains to make them be good but the like catch is that like if they get too sexually aroused, yeah. the chip like freaks out and they try to kill people, yeah, which is really is, funny. The problem is teenagers be horny. Like, well, yeah, because that's like that's what it's like. Yes, when you repress people this way, <laughs> yeah. then all this fucking shit happens. The movie's like very much like a you know a late nineties like anti conformity movie. Yeah, and is like about it's literally about like oh man the teens these days they're getting so bad aren't also, they? But it's like it turns out the bad ones are actually the ones yeah. that are good and the ones that are good are the ones that are you know it's like also katie holmes we're supposed to believe is like the like kind of punk like bad girl in town that has a nose ring and like a back tattoo and james marston is like obsessed with her and she's like definitely still on dawson's creek at this point so it seems pretty clear that like she's aggressively trying to like change her image not working it is wild yeah the first scene that she appears and you're like i'm sorry what are we doing and Catherine isabel is still like a little younger at the time so she plays james marston's younger sister and i think does like a really good job in it and i was i was happy that we also saw something where she was still kind of in this like cute like oh i play like the kid sister yeah. and things role uh yeah, because i think a lot of that changes even just like a few years after this movie totally it's like pretty immediately after this movie yeah. right and and she's good in this she's not a lot to do um yeah uh, Marston's really good in this, I think. He literally still looks the same like 30 years later, yeah. which is wild. Well, I also wonder like, if her connection to her father in the X-Files got her a role in this movie. Sure. Because we were watching it, and I was like, oh, that's weird. So much of this feels like X-Files-y to me. And then the soundtrack very much sounded like X-Files music. The way it was shot looked like X-Files. And then I found out like a ton of the crew, yeah. including, like I think the, the cinematographer and the, the composer, yeah. were both 
X-Files people. And I'm like, oh, well, this is like a movie that was like meant to be like an X-Files story. It's so strange. Kind of feels like a long X-Files for episode. Sure. The yeah. thing that I loved about it that I want to like recommend it on for people is it's just one of those movies where like every single scene is somehow crazier than the last one. Yeah. Not that's always true. in like wild escalations necessarily, but just it's always weirder than you could possibly imagine. And yeah. I just was so entertained. It's not like great. I just was so entertained yeah. by how committed it was to be in this really weird, like roller coaster ride. So strange. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, and then we get to her career in the 2000s. So for TV, she did stuff like Smallville, Stargate SG one, and she was on supernatural, which I also used to watch a fair amount of, um, her first role in, two, in a movie in 2000 was Snow Day, which I definitely saw when I was a kid. Saw it on the big screen, baby. Uh, and also has like an insane cast. Yeah. Chevy Chase, Iggy Pop, Pam Greer, and Josh Peck are yeah. all people that are in this movie together. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that is really wild. Uh, and I'm pretty sure she's like one of the cute girls that like the kid has a crush on sure, or something. Sure. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That sounds right. I, I don't remember this movie other than just it yeah. was, you know, fun. Yeah. Um... And then uh, she was in Ginger Snaps, which is, like, her big, like, kind of breakthrough role. Yeah, um, I, I suspect that this is what people probably know yeah. her from, right? Um, and it was written by Karen Walton. Uh, I mean, this movie uh, has a really interesting story just because uh, people were very unhappy with the fact that it's about, like, young girls being horny and having their period and all yeah. of this. So it, like, really, like, kind of shook people. And, like, specifically, they were like, oh it's this like fucking female writer that did this and she got like all this <laughs> flack for it um there's a great article about this movie in uh women make horror um which i just think is fascinating okay um i love this movie i have ha heard recently a lot of people say that like when uh, jennifer's body first came out a lot of people said it was copying this movie which oh, sure. does make a lot of sense to mm -hmm. me there are a lot of like parallels yeah um but uh, yeah, I mean, this movie just has so many of the themes that I really like, uh, including, like, it's, like, menstruation horror. Like, she literally yeah. becomes a werewolf, like, the day she gets her period, yeah. which is, like, really, like, that's why she's bitten is because the werewolf, like, smells her blood from her, like, first period. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. It is funny that those things happen. They just happen to yeah. happen on the same day. Yeah. Um, it's about, like, the sisterly bonds. That's really interesting. Um, and then, yeah, and then it's also about, like, like her like becoming a woman and becoming sexual and all of this stuff that's going on like while she's also you know tearing uh dudes apart and eating them uh which i always love um <laughs> so i i thoroughly enjoyed rewatching this movie i know you weren't as into well, it i've never seen it before yeah and i think that i maybe uh, might have come into it with like the wrong expectations yeah. i think i was exp i think knowing it's like a series i was coming into it thinking it's like oh this is going to be like this will be like the first freddy movie the first mm. jason movie the first and it's i guess not quite that but i don't even know what i mean by that necessarily it's just a different kind a of weird... movie than those movies it ultimately is very weird that there are two more gender snap movies yeah 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 because uh, we'll talk about what the plot yeah. of those ones are and it's just strange you know what it reminded me most of tonally mm -hmm. is may oh that makes sense too. something about it reminded me of may Some, yeah something about the tone of it and so like i didn't like not like this movie i think i just like it, it was a different a stranger different yeah. experience than I, I was expecting i think yeah 
Um, I have like a bunch of different notes of just stuff yeah. that I thought was interesting. Um, so the producers apparently had a really hard time finding the right actresses to play Ginger and Bridget. Sure. Um, and it just coincidentally happened that uh, Catherine and Emily Perkins auditioned the same day and then became the uh, the two sisters of Ginger Snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, these two actresses were also born on the same in the same hospital, attended the same preschool, elementary school, and private school, and worked at the the same talent agency wow. so they also just like had a bunch of stuff in common which i think is fascinating wild um this was Catherine's favorite movie to work on which totally makes sense um i have seen some stuff about her just talking about how she likes the kind of roles that horror offers and the kind of uh specific like female she gets to play and that totally makes sense why she would love this um I think this has some really cool monster effects. Uh, It would take three hours to apply the, like, monster werewolf makeup to her and uh, 45 minutes to remove it all after shooting, which is fucking crazy. Um, One of her quotes is funny, too. She just said, that's what she's all about. She's about fuck you, fuck the patriarchy, fuck standards, fuck society, fuck the norm. And to me, that's a hero. (laughs) Awesome quote. And then the other one is also very funny to me. Uh, She goes, I remember a friend of mine, his older brother had taken his friends to see it. And he was like, oh, yeah, we were all screaming and throwing shit at the fucking screen. And then we walked out all this fucking woman shit. And I was like, cool. Thanks, buddy. Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, She goes, they thought they were going to see hot girl titties and werewolf stuff. And they weren't prepared for an actual look into what the female experience is like. And they couldn't handle it. Pussies. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> so great. Very, I very love good. her. Um, so after she does Ginger Snaps, she does uh, she has a small role in Josie and the Pussycats, I don't even which remember her uh, we watched last year. Uh, she, her she's just credited as Laughing Girl. Okay. Uh, she's in like two scenes where they are just like, Oh my god, you're Josie and the Pussycats and uh, just like freaking out. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but I don't know if you remember how uh, impeccable and 2000s the fashion in that movie was <laughs> but she has this like really great like fangirl crazy like sequiny like feathery outfit okay. that she's wearing um, also the Soska sisters have really small roles as like background characters too oh. and that is how they met uh, Catherine which okay. is kind of interesting because yeah. she works with the Soskas a couple times um the same year she was in Bones, which we also watched this year uh, oh yeah, for Bones. our Pam Greer episode. Um, and she kind of like plays like the token white girl in right. the group because the whole like thing that's happening in Bones is that these kids are trying to like redo this like old abandoned building in this community and turn it into like a nightclub. Um, and it just so happens that's the place where Bones um uh, Snoop Dogg's character yeah. had like died and people think it's cursed uh, and so Love there's like movie. yeah it's such a good movie yeah. and she's really fun in it and like holds her own but yeah she's like the you know the white chick that's like hanging out with like all these like black dudes as they're like trying to like get this stuff started right. that's funny um, okay, that, which is another good role for her like these are the yeah. kinds of characters that uh, I don't know why but they really make sense for her and she's good at them yeah she's like very fun uh, in, in a lot of these roles yeah I think. she's clearly has like an awareness of how she's being utilized on screen you know what i mean yeah because she's also like you know still kind of the hot girl and stuff um which yeah like you know after ginger snaps i feel like you really see that shift almost immediately where now she's getting the hot girl roles sure um 
She then has a starring role in a drama called Turning Page, which I had never heard of. All right. Um, and then did a romantic comedy called Shot in the Face. What which, a title. Uh, yeah, for a romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, in 2002, she does a kids' movie called Spooky House, which starred Ben Kingsley, <laughs> okay. uh, which is about a, a little kid who's recently orphaned, uh, and one night he accepts a dare going into this haunted mansion. Um, okay. And then she's in Christopher Nolan's Insomnia, which is wild. That uh, is which wild. stars Sir Robin Williams and Al Pacino. I own that on DVD. Um, yeah, it's like not my favorite Nolan. No. I think I only watched it once, and I was like, this is fine. I watched um, it a couple times because I was a big Robin Williams fan. Yeah. And I think he's good in that movie. It's this like period where he was playing like kind of creepy characters. Yeah. I've seen One Hour Photo like a One lot. One Hour Photo is great. I watched that a bunch of times. Such when I was a weird up. movie. I know. Um, I did watch one of her scenes where she's with Pacino um and so like there insomnia follows this like there's this murder case in the small town where this like young girl dies and Catherine Isabel is like her best friend who then you find out is also like was sleeping with her boyfriend oh, and so yeah, 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 yeah. like uh in the car, like, she's, like, maybe trying to seduce Al Pacino, Whoa. which is weird, who's, like, the detective that's wow. questioning her. And then he decides to scare her by getting into the wrong lane where a truck is coming at them and then swerving immediately and then drives her to a dump, is, like, this is where trash like you belongs, and then is, like, your friend died here. She died him on, like, all this garbage and just scares her into talking to him and telling him information. And I was like, what the fuck is Al Pacino doing in this that movie? Is intense. It's wild. Kind of makes me want to rewatch that movie. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is then in a TV movie called Due East, uh, starring Robert Forster. Love him. Uh, and does a TV adaptation of Carrie that was written by Brian Fuller that oh, I had never heard about. And um, Angela Bettis from May stars as Carrie. Um, so I would love to watch that just based on all of that information. Yeah. And then in 2003, she was in Freddy vs. Jason, which uh, we had watched a couple years ago when we were making our way through all of the Friday the 13th or uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah. Um, I like this movie. Yeah, mostly. I mostly like this yeah. movie. Uh, like we have talked about, there is some very uh, horrifying language yeah. used in this movie, uh, both like racial slurs yep. and slurs against uh, like homosexual people. Homophobic slurs, yeah. Yeah, it's like all like yep. whew. back to back. Back to back, yes. Yep. Uh, pretty bad, pretty bad. Uh, but also some great stuff like uh, Jason taking a flaming machete to a kegger out in the uh, out in a cornfield. Mm. Pretty pretty rad. Yeah, um, I guess Isabel uh, or yeah, Catherine Isabel had like uh, auditioned for like I think the lead girl okay. in Freddy versus Jason, who's like you know the sweet virginal type uh, as these movies typically ask for. Um, but when she got there, the director, Ronnie Yu, asked her to audition for the role of Gib, claiming she would be better suited to a more, quote, liberal role, uh, which she reluctantly yeah. accepted uh, because Gross. she 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 does dress kind of tomboy in this, but yeah. she also definitely has a sex scene. There right. is a shower scene where she's like nude, although it is like a body double. Um, but they're definitely like accentuating the fact that she is like big boobs and all yeah. this stuff. And it's like, oh, so like you just wanted to sexualize her is what you mean by yeah, that. Yeah, this movie has that energy like kind of all yeah. over it. 
And uh, the director also failed to tell her that she would be expected to do nude scenes, which would uh, which sparked friction between them during the shoot uh, when she made it clear that she was not actually going to yeah, do them. Fucking so shit. They just had to get a double on his part. I should be fucking clear. crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did watch her scenes because uh, there's two like in particular scenes where like she's dating this dude that's like a total shithead yeah. to her, and he. Uh, gets stabbed to death by Jason while she's in the shower. Um, And then she eventually dies. Uh, She like passes out in a cornfield where her and her friends are having a party and uh, gets sucked into a Freddy dream. Um, And then it's also so horrifying. She's passed out on a cornfield and this guy comes along that just sees her and tries to like fuck her. And then uh, Jason comes and stabs them both together, Uh, which I was like, yay, Jason for stabbing the rapist, but also no for yeah, killing why did her. She need to be victimized in the uh, middle of that. But too? it's funny because she's in a Jason dream and because or a Freddy dream, and because she dies, she just disappears. And Freddy's like so fucking pissed <laughs> that like Jason <laughs> took his kill from him. Uh, so yeah, there, fun. there's some funny stuff in that yeah. movie. Um, in 2004, she does Ginger Saps 2 Unleashed. Uh, mm. So Ginger's sister, Bridget, now a werewolf herself, must try to find a cure for her bloodlust bef- uh, f- before the next full moon uh, while hiding out in a rehab <laughs> clinic uh, from a relentless werewolf. Interesting. Uh, which I am pretty sure, because so Ginger, uh, spoiler alert, dies in the right. uh, first movie. Yeah. So it's, it is weird that she is in the other movies. Yes. And I believe she's only in this as, like, kind of, like, a figment of uh, Bridget's imagination. Okay. Interesting. So while she's in this rehab clinic and trying to make herself better, she's kind of, like, I think, like, seeing uh, Ginger in different scenes. It's an interesting way to, like, keep her included in the story, you know? Exactly. Um, And then, yeah, the same year, they uh, have Ginger Snaps, uh, the beginning, that comes out. Ginger Snaps back. Uh, and it's essentially a role of werewolf story with those two characters, but set in the 19th century. Uh, so it pulls like the Fear Street thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's just a very strange trilogy of movies yeah, yeah. that I am I'm not quite sure why it happened or why they made those decisions. I guess maybe because they were like, oh, well, we killed Ginger, so we got to just yeah. find other ways to go about this. I mean, or... it's cool that they got both of them to come back for both of the sequels. Yeah, yeah they're in all of them together, which is pretty cool. Um, in 2006, she's in a movie called Engaged to Kill. Uh-huh. Abby's 19-year-old daughter has a great new boyfriend, Nick. When danger arises, Abby turns to Nick for help, unaware that Nick blames Abby for the death of his previous girlfriend <laughs> and has been waiting for the opportunity to what? get revenge. That sounds like a like a 90s erotic thriller. That sounds like something we should see. Or uh, 2000s. Well, yeah, I know. I just mean like the tone oh, of yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very strange. Uh, kind of into it. And then in 2008, she's in another Cinderella story with Selena Gomez. Oh, I remember um, when that happened. And as well as her uh, former co-star, Emily Perkins from oh, Ginger from Snaps. Oh, from Ginger Snaps. Yeah, cool. Uh, she in, then is in the TV movie Ogre. <laughs> a vicious ogre rules over a town that has been stuck in time since the 1800s. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know. Not the thing I thought I would hear after, like, oh, yeah, there's an ogre movie. It's like, is that a sci-fi original that has the distinct sound of a sci-fi original? I kind of want to watch it, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then in 2009, she does a TV movie called Beyond Sherwood Forest. Okay, I can guess what that's about, I suppose. And then uh, we get to her roles in the 2010s. Uh, so for TV, she does a movie called Flashpoint, which was a Canadian cop show that I weirdly got obsessed with for a point in time. Okay. Uh, so I've watched all of Flashpoint. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I think they're like a, essentially like a SWAT team. Okay, okay. Um, interesting. So I, I don't know why I got obsessed with it, but uh, that happened. Uh, <laughs> and then she was also in Psych and Being Human. So uh, sh- I feel like she was in like a lot of just like popular stuff around sure. the time. And being human is like a vaguely like horror sci-fi thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's like about and it was a British one at first. Yeah. Uh and it's about like a werewolf, a vampire and a ghost that are like roommates or something. Right. So yeah. I think it's like a quirky, funny kind yeah, of yeah. like thing like that. Um which is supposed to be pretty popular at least the uh, British one. Yeah. Um, in 2010, she does a TV movie called, uh, or a straight-to-video movie called oh. Hard Ride to Hell, starring <laughs> Miguel Ferrer. Okay, all right. A group of family and friends on a camping trip through the Texas Badlands are taken on a one-way ride to hell after they inadvertently witness a ritual sacrifice at a deserted campsite. <laughs> okay. This actually, that sounds vaguely like the plot of uh, Race with the Devil. I know. I was I thinking enjoy. that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she also does a straight-to-video uh, 30 Days of Night sequel oh. called uh, Dark Days. Okay. We saw 30 Days of Night on the big screen. Was that the last? In a horathon. Yeah, it was yeah. like the last movie, right? Yeah, it's not very good. No. No. People <laughs> like it. I, I think it's got like a cult uh, following. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 2011, um, she is in a movie called Vampire with Rachel Lee Cook. Oh. Um, which I kind of want to see this one. It doesn't seem like it got, got, got great ratings, but it's about a biology teacher who looks for young suicidal women online to satisfy his taste for blood. Oh, God. Rather than violence, he acts. his acts are quiet, peaceful, and always consented. Whoa. Which is very strange. It is strange. But yeah, uh, I love vampire movies, and that just sounds very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then in 2012, she stars in American Mary, directed by the Soska sisters, which we just watched uh, the other day. Yeah, this movie's pretty cool. It, yeah, it fucking grossed me the fuck out. I would never <laughs> watch it again. But I there yeah. was like enough good plotting and interesting yeah. stuff that I was like, this is a pretty cool. Mo- I just wish I could stomach it more. I feel like they do cut away more than I expected uh, for a movie that is about like kind of like uh, different s- surgeries and body modifications that people are doing. I just like very specifically have trouble yeah. with a lot of the kinds of things in this movie. And so I was like really yeah. having trouble actually like this is the first time in a long time I've just like looked away from a movie yeah. and just kind of had to let a scene play out in my peripheral vision. Yeah. Um but yeah there's this thing about Catherine Isabel, especially I feel like in her later films and roles like uh like Hannibal which we'll talk about where she's just really good at like being very confident and sexy like there's it feels like she's always controlling situations which I I love like this has like uh some like trigger warning stuff there is like a rape scene that she's involved in but then after that it's like it kind of skips right over like the trauma of all of that and is just like she's like fuck 
all of these people. Yeah, yeah. I'm like getting my revenge. It, yeah, it's a full on vengeance story yeah. in a pretty crazy way, I think. Like, and she's like always, you know, because the business that she's in and all of this, like, she's always kind of around seedy people, but right. she kind of manages to like tame those seedy people to her whim. Like, that was my fucking favorite thing in the movie. Yeah. Those knuckleheads that work at that bar that she so quickly just by by pure like confidence yeah. and like her like literally like her feminine power yeah she just like turns these guys into little puppy dogs that like yeah. want to not just like they want to like do her bidding you know what i mean well one of them is just straight up has a crush on her yeah, and yeah. keeps fantasizing about her but then the other guy who kind of acts like her bodyguard eventually yeah, yeah. like cares a lot about yes. her and takes care of her so like when she she like gets into this situation where she's like kind of shaken and he gives her he like has this talk Great with her yeah. that's like kind of moving yeah, and yeah. you're like oh this guy like actually cares about you and yeah. it's very sweet he bought her like four or five different like types of food he's like i didn't yeah. know what you want but like i wanted to make you feel better and i'm like this is so cute i also really dig the idea it's not like there's a few movies like this but i, I am very interested in these slasher movie like from a slasher's perspective yeah do you know what i mean it's like she's kind of the hero it's a slasher movie but the slasher is yeah. like kind of the hero of the movie yeah well i mean like essentially she like kind of just wants to like pursue this dream now of like yeah. well she drops out of med school and yeah. she's like well i'm gonna do these like body modification surgeries yeah. on people because like people are really into it and this it's this other way for me to help people who don't quite feel comfortable in their own skin yes. which is really empowering i really like the way yeah. the movie handled this stuff where she is like always uh very positive uh yeah. in her interactions with her patients and like is uh, treating all of it as sort of like this this is a uh, an expression of you and yeah, I can help you there's best, no judgment I can help you safely best express yeah. yourself yeah 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 I mean at first I think there's judgment but like yeah, as yeah. it goes on she's just like oh this is what you want done yeah I can yeah. do that for you yeah. like I don't give a fuck like right. how it, like other people have turned you away for this like whatever yeah. like I'll do it yeah. uh, which I yeah I just think is very cool and she just feels very empowered and I'm like very much crushed on her a lot yeah, in yeah. this role I thought she was fantastic She's so in good. this movie yeah um, this was like I think the big discovery of just like her as an actress you yes know? I totally agree um in 2013, she was in a movie called Victims um, about a couple um, that is the victim of like a home invasion. Um, okay. And then they, you know, find themselves prisoners in their own home as her husband tortures the men responsible for the home invasion. Oh, okay, that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, she then does a movie called 13 Eerie about six forensic undergrads who embark on a scientific expedition to a remote <sighs> island that was once used as an illegal biological testing ground for lifetime prisoners. What the fuck? Ooh, yeah, definitely a sci-fi movie. Yeah. And then uh, is in a movie called Torment, which I feel like I've seen the cover of this a lot. It's like a bloody guy in like a dead mouse kind of like helmet thing. Oh, yeah, I kind of yeah. know what you mean. Um, two parents find themselves fighting to get their little boy back from a sadistic cult who have stolen him and plan on dark ideas. Okay. 
Um, in 2014, she's in a thriller called Primary, and then she works with the Sasuke sisters again for See No Evil 2. Yeah, starring um, uh, the wrestler Kane, I yes. believe, is the star of those movies. Um, I have not seen any of these movies, uh, but I did watch uh, some clips of it today because yeah. uh, there's this great scene. I guess it takes place after he dies in the first See No Evil. Okay. And for some reason her and a bunch of other friends are like having a party at a mortuary. Okay. Um, and I forget who the, the lead girl in is it is it, who's in it, but she also is like kind of a, a B movie, like horror, uh, scream queen that I really like. Um, but yeah, they're like all partying at this morgue and Catherine Isabel is trying to find a place to hook up with her boyfriend, and they go into the place where the dead body of Kane's character is. Okay. And she starts, like, getting on top of him and, like, being sexy and, like, grinding on his dead body <laughs> and stuff, and you're just like, what the fuck? Oh, it's uh, the second girl, Danielle. Danielle Harris? Yes. Uh, so she's from, like, Halloween and stuff. She's oh. the young girl in Halloween uh, 4 and 5, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then she does the Rob Zombie one. Um, so she's got a bit of a following, too. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I recognize her. Yeah. I'd like to do her at some point for the podcast as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's really funny. And then uh, Catherine Isabel and her boyfriend uh, proceed to have sex in that same room. <laughs> and then Kane's body just disappears like while they're doing <laughs> it. It's, it was like, oh, this is all like very funny. Sure. Um. And then, yeah, after that, she does uh, Brian Fuller's Hannibal TV show, which is uh, probably my favorite TV show. I fucking love Hannibal so much. Yeah, this was one of the first kind of TV things that you convinced me, like, I needed to make time for and watch. And I had a great time watching this show. I have become a big appreciator of these characters through this show. Uh, you know, before they were just kind of a few different movies that yeah. I had seen, but didn't put. But and now yeah. I like just like these characters and all these different interpretations of these characters. And this, I mean, Hannibal and Will, I'm like big, uh, oh. big into that ship. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like want those dudes to be together so yeah. bad. Um, but I think Brian Fuller did a really good job of also like adding uh, like great female characters to this, including Catherine Isabel's character. Uh, there's the actress that plays Dr. Bloom, and then also bringing in Gillian Anderson to play uh, Hannibal's psychiatrist. Well, and even uh, right there, Freddie Lowndes is a woman Freddie as well, Lowndes. Right? Yeah. Uh, there's uh, Beverly is a really great character, too, uh, who's in the first and second season Um, Catherine Isabel comes in the second season she plays Margot she's uh, Mason Verger's sister Sister, right okay I thought she was the the Verger sister yes yeah yeah. Yeah. and so she is like a patient of Hannibal and it's his connection to her that like gets him to meet Mason and uh, eventually do some terrifying disgusting things to Mason who is like uh, just a disgusting human god and I love that actor that plays him in in this second season yeah i think he's so good in that performance um yeah fuck i forget his name he's from uh boardwalk empire yeah Um, i'll find it i can't remember his name either but i'll get it michael something that sounds right um but yeah so like she has this super complicated relationship with uh her brother 
Uh, that's really good. But then in season three, she comes back because she and uh, Dr. Bloom get together. Uh, oh, gosh. I sort of forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Because there's that whole the first section of season three takes place in Italy and then right. ends at Mason Farms. And so there's a couple episodes where they're there. Um, but like, yeah, like she and Dr. Bloom hit it off and then they just become a couple. And yeah. you're like, fuck, yeah. yeah like, yeah. I love these two together. <laughs> Um, so Michael Pitt, by the way, is Michael Pitt. Berger. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I think that performance is crazy good. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, I mean, I I could talk about the show all day, but um, I um, think she's so fucking fantastic in her role as Margot. Oh yeah, um, I'm so glad you introduced me to the show because it, it truly is great. Me too. Um, and like, really plays on some of her just like cool, confident. Like she's also kind of abused by her brother in this, so there yeah. is this underlying tone of her constantly being scared, mm-hmm. but being really good at just like kind of pushing that down and hiding it a lot of the time and giving off this very cold demeanor that I, I really like. Um, she'd worked with Fuller on Carrie and he decided uh, that he wanted her for the role, mostly thanks to American Mary, which makes a lot of sense. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so uh, she was like, she was like, they weren't entirely convinced that I was strong enough to play Margot. Um, but, you know, eventually they were like, oh, yeah, like this is the the one for the role. Yeah. yeah. Um, she said she was completely blown away. Um um, that I got anywhere near the set and they let me anywhere around the whole thing is just completely insane to me. The show is so smart, so dark, so interesting. It's so fucked up. And again, the character I play is that one that is strong, flawed, amazing, interesting uh, female character, Margot Verger, that I've been blessed to be uh, given as well. Um, she's another notch on my favorite belt. Yeah, it makes sense. She like it, It's interesting that they they needed to be convinced on her because she really seems so perfect for that character you know she also talks about how charming mads is uh (laughs) she said we were recently at a convention together and i crashed his q a to bring him some beer um i just sat in the back behind him and stared at his head he she goes he's just the coolest guy (laughs) Uh all right um and then uh, after Hannibal, she does a movie called 88 with Christopher Lloyd and Michael Ironside, which we also watched mainly because this is a role she also talks about really liking. Yeah. Because um, she, I think, plays a really good, complicated character. It's about a woman that uh, has this traumatic event happen to her. And so then this like secondary personality takes over. And so it's split between... Uh, her as this like this other character that's called Flamingo yes. uh, and then her like actual character yes. um, and her kind of piecing together like what's happened while she's been in this like uh, they call it like a fugue state yeah and um, they're kind of like jumping back and forth basically mm-hmm. between these two timelines they're like almost treating them as if they're like simultaneous events even yeah. though they, they are not obviously there's a know. lot of it that reminds me of like memento like yeah. i felt like they were trying to do yep. some of that nolan stuff um it's also directed by a woman which i thought was pretty interesting yeah. and they do like give her the opportunity to play more of like one of these like action heroes that i think usually men play that yeah. are like oh no something tragic happened to my family now i have to go get revenge yeah. and so like she gets to be that vengeful force yeah um yeah there was a lot of stuff i liked about this movie that yeah. mostly had to do with her you yeah. know what i mean like i thought she was great yeah um but yeah it i i don't know if it like totally all like works in the end like to yeah. me the more interesting aspects of it were things like that other character's name being Flamingo, but that clearly coming from 
like the name of the place they were staying. Uh, the place that like he happened, she worked with you know? uh, Christopher Lloyd, and, and and they kept layering in these details, like the number eighty eight being everywhere and mm-hmm. stuff. Where it was like, I kept thinking it was like, oh, okay, so this like new emerging personality is not even totally real. Like what we're seeing is like somewhat unreliable yeah because it's like weirdly based in some of her memories that are coming forward you know what Mm -hmm. i mean but then the movie never really addresses that like it it ultimately end just treats it all as if like oh it's just two timelines yeah it's just a series of events that happen do you know what i mean but then there is like a twist at the end that like i i didn't love uh that was another thing where i'm like oh you're just doing this to like give us this kind of unsatisfying twist at the end yeah um but yeah, I think there's plenty of interesting stuff, uh, and she's very good. So I'm glad we watched it for like those yeah, reasons. For, oh, for her, she's great. Yeah, yeah. it's a, a good starring role for her. Uh, she's then in the movie uh, "Girl in the Photographs," which I've also seen, but don't remember her in. I like didn't really like this movie that much. I feel much. like a lot of people watched that on Netflix when it came out. Yeah, that's, that's what it. that's what it was on. Yeah, because it was just like a easy horror movie for me to access. Yeah. Um, She's then in a movie called How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town. I remember when this movie came out, actually. Uh, I didn't, I've never heard of it. It stars Jewel State from Firefly, um, who I liken that a lot. Uh, It's about when the town slut turns sex columnist uh, returns to her for her mother's funeral. uh, Things get spiced up in a small town of Beaver's Ridge when a group of eccentric town folk, each with their own motives, convince her to plan an orgy. Yeah. I don't know why I know about this movie. I just remember when it was coming out. I think I heard maybe one of the cast members was on Comedy Bang Bang or something. Yeah. Um, In 2016, she's in a movie called Archie. Uh, about a girl who befriends a stray robot dog named Archie, voiced by Michael J. Fox. What? Um, that sounds bananas. Very weird. She also, I guess, had a small role in Bad Times at El Royale, which was a movie we saw, yeah, we saw in theaters, theaters together. It's yeah. um, funny. I, I don't remember her in that. but Yeah, I, I actually meant to look that one up yeah. and forgot. Uh, and then in 2019, she was in a drama called Where We Disappear. Um so for the 2000s, uh, she's on a TV show where she has a recurring role called The Order. Um, in 2021, she was in The Long Island Serial Killer, A Mother's Hunt for Justice. Okay. Um, she is in a movie called The Green Sea about a writer who lives in isolation until her world is changed by the appearance of a young girl. Um, and then was in a movie which I hadn't heard of, uh, Night of the Animated Dead. Oh. It's an animated Night of the Living Dead movie uh, with Dulé Hill and uh, Josh Dum- Dumal. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's about, it, like, kind of changes the story a little bit, but it says two siblings visit visiting their father's grave in a remote Pennsylvania cemetery when they suddenly find themselves swarmed by zombies. One flees to a farmhouse and finds herself trapped with a group of strangers. So, this, yeah, this is a thing that, like, just recently came out, and I have not heard of it. Um, yeah, I, no, I had not heard of that either. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, some other, so, uh, really like one of the big things uh, I found was that she's not particularly fond of her scream queen status. Uh, uh, she's actually like not a big horror fan, mostly because they scare her. Okay. okay. Um, so she says, I don't watch a lot of horror movies. I'm a bit of a chicken and I even get, um, 
psychologically scarred, but I would much rather be a horror icon who's known for really cool female characters that are multidimensional, interesting, motivated in a way that people don't normally see women in films being motivated. Yeah. I'm thrilled to have that. I would prefer that over the sweet, hot, good girl next door neighbor type. Um, the roles I've been fortunate enough to have, have, have been given are some of the greatest female characters I've seen in any genre, in any film or television medium. I'm more than thrilled to have them be mine, um, that, which is so cool. I so, love that yeah, so much. That's awesome. That totally makes sense. And I, I, I love that view of, yeah. of genre movies of just like, this is the space in which I get yeah. to be a hero. Yeah. And it's like, it's interesting when we talk about some of these people, because some of them like aren't horror fans for yeah. whatever reason. Right. Some people, I think maybe even think the genre maybe is like a little below, below them. them yeah. uh, but so I was like, oh, it's too bad that she doesn't like horror, but she's like, oh, I just get scared of it. But I think like I get to play awesome roles. And yeah. so I want to continue doing horror movies. Right, like, okay. I don't like these kind of movies, yeah. but this is where all of the good opportunities for a woman are you know like yeah um and then the only other small note i had which i thought was really funny was that she uh was going to and then decided against uh going up for the role of alexis in schitt's creek oh you know what she makes sense to me as that character too i know i I mean um you know the woman that plays her is so wonderful in that role so um, i I mean i love it's hard to imagine anybody else but yeah i I could actually see her as that character yeah i think that's very funny yeah um, and then, yeah, so for uh, sources, uh, I found some interviews with uh, ReviewGraveyard.com, DenOfGeeks.com, and ComingSoon.net. Uh, nice. All had some cool stuff about her. Um, yeah, I think she's super cool. I like her so much. Me too. I just want to heartily recommend Disturbing Behavior again to people. I think people should watch that <laughs> fucking movie. That's a weird movie. It was a very weird movie. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? really okay cool cool uh you can find me on the internet at philadelphia that's with an f on letterbox there uh and um you know you can find our show everywhere at killer bees podcast yeah. that's killer bs podcast check us out on moviejohn.com yeah. part of their podcast network yeah join their patreon yeah i'm on you know instagram and things i guess i am plugging myself by there saying that but yeah you know, also writing for Movie John. I'll be in the fall zine, which will be my first time in the zine, so I'm very excited Yay. about that. Yeah, very excited um, for So you. order a copy of that yes. to see what I write about. Yes. Uh, let's get out of here. Yeah. Buzz, buzz. Buzz.